0: Hey, it's Beth here. Okay, it's episode 479, and thank God it was a good week for the New York Times. I thought Alexa had died. I just gotta get this out. When I came in, I, there she was, and her little thing underneath was gone, panicked. So I'm gonna start being nice to her. I, listen to this. She calls this spa music. It sounds like Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm not gonna say anything. So, the first article, the reason this is amazing, the reason I, got crazy to do it today is um, this is what happens on, on inter- the internet. Okay, so this woman went on a date and her uh, t- second date, they sort of fell in love and she invited him home and he stole her shoes. So <laughs> the shoes are so completely ugly. They're called tabbies and they have a space for your big toe. They cost $1,000. They look like deranged Mary Janes. I, I, it looks it looks terrible. It looks like some, like some kind of a zoo animal shoe. So anyway, there she is. She's on the date. The guy comes home, and, they, and he's a real fashion guy. And they've been talking about shoes and everything else. She falls in love with them, or whatever they call it now. They spend the night. The next morning, he says, hey, I want to show you something on your computer. I mean, on your phone. A Spotify playlist. So he starts messing around with her phone. And he says she can't find it. He leaves. Oh, I'll see you tonight, honey. A few hours later, she notices that her shoes are missing. She says, I'm like, where are my tabbies? She looks under the bed, suitcase everywhere. Of course, it's a tiny apartment. It's New York City, it's probably 500 square feet. She finally is thinking she's going to call this Josh guy. His number's been taken off, swept off her phone. She tries to go to Tinder to message him. He's gone. So what she does is, she went to her call log and he's not on the phone, not anywhere. So within hours, she's posting her video on TikTok about this guy. Five minutes later, Josh's full name, Instagram handle and phone number are in her hand. They also sent her a piece of alarming information. It's like a village. It's like all of a sudden we're back living in villages where we can help each other. She finds out this guy has a, has a girlfriend and somebody posts that she that he posted a picture on his TikTok with his girlfriend wearing these shoes. Can you believe this? So a million people are looking at this and the guy is caught red-handed. So. He gets in touch with her, and she says, why in God's name did you do this? And he says, I don't know. And he just kept shrugging and smiling, and he had no remorse. And then he goes, listen, I just didn't think I'd get caught. She posts all this. He says, look, um, I'll meet you anywhere to return the shoes if you'll delete the TikTok. She says, absolutely. So they meet. She gets the TikTok off. people are people are either on her side or they're slut shaming her but nobody's really sorry that she got her feelings hurt there is not a moment in here where anybody is saying gee you need a cup of coffee you must be hurt nothing about hurt feelings so she says she's such a um, influencer that she says she knows the shoes for next year and they're called Sandy Lang Salamons and she says nobody's going to get their hands on them. I'm going to put them in a safe before I ever invite anybody to my house again. I guess this girl knows what she's doing in the shoe department and not in the men's department. But I had no idea that there could be like a posse that could help you out. So I'm kind of, I get TikTok, I'm not on it because I don't understand it. But if girls can get support from other girls, that's great. Okay, so then there's this guy. This, this, this affected me. There's this guy and he is a um, newborn nursery pediatrician. And he, he's gay, but he didn't come out until he was 27 because he didn't wanna give up the idea of having a wife. She was faceless, nameless, but she represented the grammar school playground life that he thought he was gonna live. And he had a very hard time giving it up and he thinks he became a pediatrician because he loves how kids just see you in a role. And he, he's married to this man who wants to have a baby but he can't figure out how to do it. And he's all upset. I mean, this guy does babies all the time. He's, he's imagining now on that same faceless wife is this faceless woman that is going to carry his baby and he's gonna have to look for genetic whatevers, and I'm like adoption's like that, but you don't be upset, it's fantastic, what do you, why don't you want to surprise, what is so great about your genetics, just let it go, enjoy your life, his, his father keeps telling him to, to go for it, just go for it, have a baby, and that's what I want to say to him, just let go, You're, he says, I'm completely cured, my schoolyard, fantasy and I'm like no you're not no you're not give up the last piece let it go and let some beautiful baby into your life but it really did give me a comfort I mean I'm I'm more understanding that you know like I had a grammar school you know notion of how life was going to be everyone does I guess just let it go life's going to be very different and it might surprise you so you might get lucky like I did and get some great kids so that I thought was very sweet I didn't know that I hadn't thought about how a gay man could have to grieve that regular life and maybe it's better now that there's all different books in the library so you can not perseverate on just one direction I hadn't thought about that the guy is in his 30s so who knows what kind of schooling he had Okay, this is a good one. Holiday Blues. I relate to this amazingly. This guy goes, my mother-in-law has been more has been more and more stressed when my wife and I have visited Christ- Christmases for the past few years. Okay, that's plural. We're not sure why and she won't talk about it. So we called his folks December 27th this time to go to their house for Christmas. Okay, they haven't gone in three years. I mean I think you should do one year here one year there or do it all in your own home. So he asks his mom like blurts it out we want to come for Christmas and she says yes. But 6 months later she gets all upset and she calls them and she says I want to be with my with your sister and her children on Christmas morning. That's what we've been doing for years. Well, this guy and his wife get all bent out of shape, involve the father, and it becomes this big family mess. And I'm like, wait a minute, who are these two? Of course, everybody wants to be with kids on Christmas. Why don't you want to go? And then this guy, he never talks about that. He never talks about the fact that everybody, grandparents especially, Christmas morning is the end-all be-all. He never talks about that, but what he does talk about is maybe you have worn your mother out because it sounds like you and your your wife just sit around and she waits on you. And I hadn't thought about that, but that's true too. But he should be me because I would have written, get on a plane and go be with those kids on Christmas morning. You cannot compete with that. I don't care if you have the pedigree dog. It's dressed up like Santa Claus. It's not the same thing. Okay? Give it up. You lose. Your sister is rocking Christmas. She's got the dream come true. And maybe in 10 years, you and your wife will decide to pick up the slack and do it. And people will come to your house. But don't try to act like just you and your wife are, are complete, you know, exact duplicates of a sister with three kids under the tree. I don't know why that guy didn't say it. He's like this amazing, his name's Phillips, Philip Galness, and he always does the social cues. I don't know why he doesn't ask his wife, is there more to this story? She would say, yes, there is, honey. Yes, there is. Okay, so this one, I can't believe, it's so crazy. Okay, Van Cleef and Arpels. Okay, that huge um, jewelry design company. The son of a diamond cutter and the daughter of a gemstone dealer got married. Okay, that's beautiful. In 1906, and they came up with wristwatches and jewelry, all kinds of... And they started with good luck charms. Everybody needed luck in 1906 because the world was going to pot back then too. Okay, so this crazy thing called a chapelle is a German crown that they used in a deepest, darkest... Black Forest of Germany. And guess what? It never flew. The lady looks like she has the bride to be looks like she has a bowling ball on her head. It's got it's the ugly it looks like a bird's nest landed on her head. A huge like like eagle nest. It's three times as big as her head. It's got all these misshapen colors of like bowls and oh my god. Anyway, now they've designed this a big mistake. I feel like calling him up. They've designed a ring. Um, they did it back in 1933. Big deal, okay? Now they're now they're doing it again, and it's not gonna fly. Just like it didn't fly then. What flew for this company was a mystery scent, a mystery setting in which stones appear to be invisibly placed without any of their metal fasteners showing. Yeah, that was your win. And Grace Kelly loved it, and Elizabeth Taylor loved it, and that's how you got going. Not by this just chaos of color. Ugh. So anyway, ugliest thing I've ever seen, but I had no idea that's how bad this design is, that you never heard of it. Chapelle. They use that word for other things, better things. A German crown from deepest, darkest German black forest. Keep it there. Bury it. Ugly. Ugly. Okay, so then we go to fashion, Italy. Italy's getting old. Everybody there is old. I mean, they've got, oh my God, poor Giorgio. He's in his eighties. They call him King Giorgio and and he won't let up. He won't let go. And he, he posed last collection with a pencil to show that it's all him, every single bit of it. That guy's never going to go away, get used to it. But it's funny. The Todd guy is in his 70s. Prada, they're in their 70s. Even Dulce and Gabbana, those young boys that were so cute, they're now in their 60s. That just shows that I've been around a long time. So I don't know they're gonna fight it out. I don't know what's gonna happen. It doesn't look like it's gonna end well. There's this book that I think I'm going to have to read. And it bothers me, because reading is hard for me, but it's called The Daughter, and it's about this man who wrote a book called The Daughter and this girl Mona and Juliet were his daughters at the time and they were 17 and 16 and the parents were getting a divorce and they don't know which one he wrote it about and he never changed and he got away with murder and she said when a white man is described as a genius even just once. After that he can get away with anything including murder which I think Just looking at all the genius stories in the world, I think that's true. I think we allow geniuses this freedom that we don't allow other people. Anyway, I don't know if that's enough for me to have to read this book. It's only 251 pages, so I think I am gonna get it. If I do, I'll tell you about it. I mean, if I don't put it down on the first 10 pages, because I really think every book I read, except maybe this one, it's the same book. It's the same murder. It's the same mystery. It's the same two characters who have this very same character arc and the very same beautiful, adorable town where every home is $6 million and they act like it's modest living. I'm sick of it. So anyway, okay, so then there's this guy and I believe in this. He's dying of cancer and he doesn't want to, and he might live two years, but he doesn't even want to tell his wife and his son that he's dying because he doesn't want the pity. And I can relate to this story because my friend Debbie, my dearest friend Debbie in Dallas, the one, you know, my name is, my maiden name was Mary Merkel, her maiden name was Debbie Burkle. We're both from Long Island. Her father was Bob Burkle, my father was Matt Merkel, and they look alike. And they're from the same place in Germany. I'll say it's Lorraine, I can't believe it. So, we didn't know each other in New York. We found each other in Dallas, two lost people. We became the best of friends forever, and she got sick in her 60s, and our birthdays were very close together. And she died, and she told everybody. And everybody, including me, were, we were treating her like gold. One great thing I did for her, which I thought was awful, was her my birthday was the 23rd, her birthday was the 24th or 26th, and I always got it screwed up. Year after year, I would call her on the 27th and cry and say, I'm sorry, I missed your birthday. This year was her last year. She had like three months to live. And I called her up on the 27th, crying hysterically. I couldn't believe even in this year, I couldn't get it right. I couldn't get anything right. She stopped me from crying. She goes, Beth, Beth, stop. Do you have any idea how refreshing it is to be treated like shit? She never used that word. I was like, what are you talking about? She said, it's... Everyone's treating me like gold. Every word I say is magnificent. I can't stand anyone. And then here you come like a breath of fresh air and you treat me like shit like you always did. You always screwed up my birthday and you did it again. And I am so grateful to you. I was like, wow. I seriously took it in. I seriously understood what she was talking about. And I said, you're welcome. (laughs) She said, thank you. I mean, that's what great friends are like, but I get it. Who wants to be treated like gold for two years? Ugh. So this guy, of course it's one of these, the ethicist again, another one, right? This guy, Kwame, Kwame Aprio, he tells him, you know, you should tell your family because it's gonna get really hard. And I'm like, yeah and so that they can be in pain for two years, he tells them to do this crazy thing. And I'm saying, why don't you just listen to the guy? Why don't you just understand, Mr. Ethicist guy, that you don't know how it feels? And this guy does, and you don't know this guy. He's probably been changing his own tires on his car since he was, you know, five years old. He probably knows how to fix everything. He probably knows how to do everything. And now he's gonna be dying. And he doesn't want everyone doing everything for him. So he gave him bad advice. I think it's bad advice. And my theory on advice is you should tell people to do what they think they want to do. And this guy went all over this man and told him to quit being selfish. Like, he's not being selfish? Or even if he is, can you be selfish right before you're dying? My God, I hate people who give advice to somebody they don't even know, who just writes a paragraph. It's insane. Okay, so I didn't know, this is back to fashion, that Salvador Ferragamo designed Marilyn Monroe, Monroe's stiletto heels. That's kind of surprising because he doesn't do it now. Now, this is the mother of load. This is the absolute reason I'm here this morning because I read this article. It was in the Wall Street Journal. Unbelievable. It was about two guys and their bond has lasted a lifetime. They met when they were three years old riding little baby bikes in Ohio, a little town in Ohio, okay, like 1960. Okay, fine, they're adorable, they're younger than I am. I think they're cute, but they're getting older. They've been best friends. They went into the army together. They watched cartoons together. They married girls that got along really well. The only thing odd is that one of them's one of them is a Mormon and one of them isn't, so they never talk about religion. Everything else is perfect about this. I mean, once and one of the guys' name is Bobby, the other guy's name is Lou. Bobby got married and went into the service, so Lou got married and went into the service. He's like, why did you have to do that for? we were having fun? Anyway, there's my most beloved joke. I see their faces. It's these two guys, but their names are Raj and Bob. And the story is the same. Raj and Bob, both their moms were best friends. They grew up across the street from each other. They got married at the exact same time. They got pregnant at the exact same time. They had boys three days apart. They raised them like twins. The boys did everything just like these two. Watched cartoons, played sports, went into the army together and married girls that were very close friends. Okay. It's funny because in this story, they're wondering what's going to happen when one of them goes, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Okay, in my story, Raj gets really, really sick when Bob dies. Just, just sick beyond sick. Can't move, can't function, the kids can't help him, he's losing weight, he can't get out of bed. All he can think about is his friend. All he can think about is Bob. Where's Bob? Where's Bob? I mean, he is hastening his own death. There isn't a drug. They give him anti-anxiety medication, depression medication. Nothing can stop this downward spiral that he's on. Finally, one night, Bob comes to him in a dream. Raj sits up in bed and goes, Bob, Bob, I've missed you so much. I can't do this without you. And Bob says, of course you can do it without me. And Raj goes, Bob, Bob, where are you? Where are you? says, listen, listen, Raj, I need you to relax. You wouldn't believe it. Paradise is where I am. Grass is green, weather magnificent, mountains everywhere, lush food. I eat all day long. I don't get fat. But he goes, listen to me. Listen to me. The most important thing, the most important thing, the women, the females, insatiable, absolutely insatiable. And he goes, Bob, Bob, you're in heaven. Rosh goes, Are you kidding? I'm not in heaven. I'm a rabbit in Montana. That's what's going to happen. I love that joke. And I love these two guys. Oh my gosh. So, that's what I've got. Another great week with the paper. And, you know, I think the weather's going to crack this week. It's been 100 degrees for over 70 days. I'm losing my mind, but I kind of believe in this prognosis, I will call it, um, that's supposed to happen on Wednesday. We're supposed to get a cold front. It's supposed to go down to 98 degrees, and I'm thrilled out of my mind. So I'm just going to be optimistic as long as I can, and I'm going to stay sane as long as I can, and I will be back. Thanks. Bye-bye.